Hello everyone, my name is Paolo and today I'm joined with... Nathan Gomez, hey! And today again we have a guest. Hello, my name is Mohamed and I am a science, uh, computer science student as well, uh, same as Nathan. Uh, both my parents come from, or are Arabs, uh, one from Tunisia and one from Lebanon. And I also spent nine years in Lebanon, uh, which was a huge part of my life and my development. So in today's topic, I'm hoping to offer a unique perspective on what it means to be a man. Yep. So as you said, today's topic is uh, what it means to be a man. So I think since we have people from different paths of life, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. So I would say we can have the guest first give his own point of view on what he considers to be attributes that a man should have or what is the definition for a man to you? Yeah, so when I grew up in my family, we had a, a pretty clear structure in our family. So my father would take on a lot of the responsibilities that we needed to uh, decide on as a family as a whole. He he was also the one to basically bring in the main income of the family. My mom, she was too occupied raising us and giving us the kind of nurture that we needed to grow up and be like healthy in that sense. So it's a very traditional household structure. And that's why I kind of feel that being a man is to offer some kind of security and some kind of stability that a family needs in order to always be able to fall back on and be healthy in a way, in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So would you say was this, uh, since, since you say this is your perspective, so you also have the feeling that it was a good way of having a, a family structure or? Mm, yeah, certainly. Like for me, that's how, what I grew up with. And I did, I wouldn't say I regret the way I uh, grew up. I think it was, it was a, a good structure in the sense that we got what we needed as a family. But also I acknowledge that my dad might have had too much, like more than he can handle in that sense or too much responsibility. That's his own which can kind of put a lot of pressure on you. And I recognize that he was mostly busy and occupied, so he might not have spent as much time as he would have liked uh, with us. And so, I mean, this is um, how it's still working in the Middle East and something, but here in in Sweden, for instance, it's often the case that the wife can also work and can bring income to the family. So you think that this... um, that the households that I, I don't know pro you have Swedish friends you've lived in Sweden for a while as well yeah so um, would you say that the households that they have where it's more balanced that they're the parents have more time for the kids or how, how is that yeah the the thing that I appreciate the most about Sweden is the fact that parental leave is exploited by both the mother and the father. And that allows you to do a lot more with your kids, I feel. Because, like I said, my dad, he didn't get a chance to spend a lot of time with us. He was very busy uh, all the time. So, in that sense, I think that the system here is uh, a lot more beneficial for both parents in that way. In the sense that they can enjoy their family and their kids. But at the same time, I guess that the traditional sense of it defines more clearly the roles because I I understand that also here in uh, Sweden because both parents work their kids would have to be in uh, nursery or uh, daycare daycare, basically sorry not nursery daycare which means that they spend a lot of their time away from both of their parents when they're young Mm -hmm. and I'm not exactly sure what kind of effects that might have on the kids Mm -hmm. but I, I definitely see it personally, that it's more beneficial to have, like, a, a parent uh, be with you when you grow up, in that sense. But how long how long is the paternal leave in Sweden? I thought it was, like, three years, no? Or is it a little bit less than that? Because I thought, the, like, each parent got at least a year and a half or something like that, so that the, the child would have at least one parent for the first three years of its life. Or I might be mistaken, that's why I'm asking. No, I, I don't know exactly either how it works here in in Sweden, uh, I believe in Germany it was two years. Two years that you have parental uh, free time, but 
I'm I'm not too sure about this either, so I don't I don't really remember. Do you know how it is in in America? <laughs> in American Central non-existent, and in Mexico as well. Yeah. So, for me, I I actually like I mean I was a kid and I don't remember <laughs> I was uh, raised up, but what I do remember is that I'm, my my father was never really around. So for me, my mom was both a father and, and a mother. So. When it comes to being a man, I think I have a kind of like a different perspective because I'm, I would consider myself to be very feminine in a sense. And, you know, your, your mother or at least my mom was always trying to educate me to become a man that respects women. So for me to be a man is someone that sees women very in a, in a very respectful way because, you know, there are differences between men and women and physically men are stronger. So if a man, for example, for me, a man should always be able to defend or stand up for something that is not wrong or that is that is sorry, that is that is wrong and you know actually use its grounds but it was very difficult to act like i think this is something that i discovered more throughout my life more living alone but that being said in like places like the united states and mexico there's a lot of uh, especially nowadays single mothers so i think the way that men are, are evolving or kids are evolving right now is that we have a very different perspective because you know if you never if you were never born with a, a paternal influence in your life it's very difficult to actually understand what it means to be a man because i mean for me at least you know when you're with a mom when you're with your mother all you see is a lot of emotions you know you have a lot of feminine side so As man, for example, at least in Mexico, I don't know how it is in, in your country or, or even here, for example, but in Mexico, we're very kind of like conservative in a sense. So I come from a, from a family that used to own a ranch. So it was always like, man shouldn't cry and all these things. And that, those are things that influenced my mother. So my mom always tried to shift it and be like, you should cry. You should feel your emotions. You should do all these things, which allow me to be essentially more in tune with my emotions, which I don't necessarily see very much in, in others. So, for example, something that was very interesting with me when I was in high school was that I, I observed that a lot of people in high school, when they were like 14 to 15 to 18, a lot of them would lie about their virginities and things like that because there's this kind of like stigma of man that they have to, in a sense, lose their virginity to become a man or something like that, right? It's something that It, it defines you as a man. Your ability to lose your virginity somehow makes you a man. For me, that was always irrational. So I think there's a lot of things and just misconceptions that we have of manhood that we need to address and talk about. And I think especially prevalent in our society nowadays where we're raising more children with single moms and a lack of uh, paternal so identity. And also for men that have children, to be able to understand the responsibility that it, that it means. And I mean, you were lucky enough to have a father that actually, you know, pushed and like helped the family. And I actually believe that's what men should do. If, if, if you're a man, if you're a man and you have a family, you should 100% do everything to, to provide for the family. It's a responsibility. And I think a lot of men actually, compared to women, I would say that women have an instinctic responsibility within themselves. Because when they have the child, they give birth to it. So they, they feel very, they have, a, they have a very deep connection. A connection which a father might not have with a children, with, with a child, for example. So I think it is crucial for the father to actually stand up and take the responsibility no matter what. And I think it's also that it actually can help uh, a man or any, a man actually become a better person as well. Because I feel that a lot of men without responsibility, they get very lost. Men, we, we need something to center us. And sometimes a family or a something that, that we can hold responsible to actually helps us become better. A man that has nothing to hold on to is very, very lost, I would say. So in the past week, I started uh, to read a book by John Eldridge called Wild Heart, Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul. I got the recommendation from a lot of friends that told me I should read that book and it, it was yeah I mean I just read the first chapter so far I actually intended to read a little bit more to prepare better for this conversation but this was very 
very helpful already, I believe, just to see certain parts in myself that I have not been nourishing that he's like he pointed out are clear male or that um a, ma- a man needs to be uh, t- to live to his full potential and basically what he um the, the images imagery that he used was you know the imagery of fairy tales that we like all know well like of the you know the hero that goes out and goes to defeat a dragon so and then also link that with a uh, biblical perspective because he John Eldridge is also a Christian and so what he basically brought in is that um in, in the bible there are two creation stories one where god creates the whole universe and where's this whole discussion with oh did was the world created in 6 days or not the second story focuses more in on humans on how humans were created and when god creates adam the man it was before the paradise was created. So Adam was basically what he, the, the argument that he was pursuing there was men were created in the wild. And so there is a part in man, a, a fundamental part that seeks to go out, that seeks to go have the adventure to, you know, if, if you have small boys, you, you will never have small girls that will, oh, well, not never, but it is more the small boys that, like, w- whatever toy you give them, they will make a weapon out of it. They will go play play some games that, I mean, it, at least in some part, are competitive, that do have a loser, that do, and oftentimes also result in, you know, one of them crying or ble- bleeding or whatever. Like, they, they are fundamentally more brutal, just that's how small kids, small boys play and that's i mean some psychologists try to blame that on you know violence in games and in just wrong upbringing or they learn it from their parents or whatever but i think this is it's something way deeper than just our today's cultural upbringing yeah i i I do agree in that and i mean i think one of the things with with men at least nowadays is that We've given so much emphasis in the feminine movement and, you know, I completely, I'm 100% with that because, you know, at the end of the day, women have been suppressed for a really long time and we should have equality. But I still think that there has been this kind of shadow of on on man. Like, I I think there's a big misconception on what man should be like. Because women, for example, in movies or anything like that, they're always able to show their emotions very clearly. And women's emotions do differ from men emotions. A woman might necessarily get so angry as a man would. But, you know, if a man, if a woman gets angry, for example, or you see a woman cry, and even a hundred years ago, like, oh, it's just a woman. It's just, just crying. She's crazy. Whatever. That's what man would say. And at the end of the day, I think the interesting part is that men tried to understand women for such a long time that they never got to understand themselves. So for me, there is this, it is a fundamental part of us that we do get angry, that we are competitive, that is nature to ourselves. But I also believe that women have that side too. I think that no matter whether you are man or woman, you both have your female and male energies. So you have to be able to integrate both of them. I think to to be a man or to be a woman, to be any a whole person, really, you have to work with with both of them really because the man it can be the 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 thriving the the courageous the adventurous i'm gonna take a risk i'm gonna do this i'm gonna support my family and i'm gonna battle no matter what but a man or an alpha male for example it also needs the tenderness the careness the the empathy that a mother for example would show to its family because you know violence can only take you so far you you need you need tenderness as well you need to understanding but I do agree that as men, we do have more, I would say, fearful emotions, but we also need to understand how to manage them, how to work with them. Because I think sadness, for example, like if you're a man and you never cry or something happens to you, for example, when, when a man gets a breakup, right? It's the story of when a woman, when, when a woman gets broken up, they cry for the first week, they cry for the second week. 
They eat the ice cream, they let all their emotions out, and then they go out with their friends and they're good to go. A man normally tries to avoid it for the first two to three weeks. It's like, ah, fuck it. Fuck that bitch. I don't want to listen to the emotion. I don't want to care about it. It's just an emotion. It's going to go past away. But that emotion of sadness, because we don't understand it and we don't actually express it, slowly starts changing into aggression. It slowly starts changing into all these things. So I think, for example, when you see man drunk and they fight a lot, when men, like you don't really see women fight when they're drunk. They're, they're loving, they're caring. They're like, you know, they let it go. But man, we're very aggressive because we hold our emotions very much. We don't know how to deal with them. And I think that's the fundamental thing we need to understand is that, yes, as a man, you should stand your grounds. You should defend yourself. But if you feel sad, if you feel broken, if you feel like you need to cry, you should also be able to do that because that requires great strength. And that's something that we should teach people is to deal with their emotions, not just throw them aside, because I think that's what causes problems later on in life, at least. Yeah, I, I agree 100% to what you were saying. And I think it's also interesting that you brought up this whole idea of uh, being adventurous and being more aggressive in that sense, because these things have also been studied in psychology, uh, that men tend to be more like uh, risk takers and more aggressive. And it's usually attributed to some hormonal differences between men and women. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> testosterone, basically everything falls back on testosterone. Yeah. So in, in that sense, I also see that there are things, just like you guys described, that a man needs to pursue that is fundamental to himself. And I also agree with what you said, that in a way, a man and a woman should complement each other on those aspects that they are strong in. So if a woman can teach a man to be more uh, tender, more loving, more caring, and a man can teach a woman to also be more courageous and like go out there and pursue her dreams that she has, then we definitely reach this unique balance that I think is also very healthy for our society as a whole. Yeah. And I, I, I think when, when we talk about like related to this topic of balancing things, I am a personal believer that gover- governments should have 50-50%. Because at the end of the day, it's like you said, you need a man to take leadership, you need to take, to take that initiative, but you also need that tenderness. Because, you know, all wars have been started by men. So we're very competitive. We, we, we're very stubborn as well. And we want to have things our way. And sometimes we don't care about other people's emotions. We simply don't. So having a woman sit there and be like, hey, what is it that you're going through? Talk to me. How do you, how, how do you think they're thinking? Or, or things like that can be beneficial. So I, I, really, I really agree with you on that one. I'm, I, I'm not too sure about this 50-50 in government. It might have some good outcome. And I mean, in Germany, we've for a long time had Merkel now, or we will still have Merkel until 2020, I believe, as our um, Bundeskanzler. But And I, I definitely don't think that that was a bad idea by no means. She is a very competent, very good, very competent woman, good politician. The problem that I have with the 50-50 thing is that you would force, you would leave some man out that would be competent, or, like, you you would leave out some politicians based on their gender and would bring in some based on their gender, not based on their competence. And this is something, like, I I don't know if it would bring a better outcome. It might, it might. I don't know. I'm not totally convinced on that. That's why I can't support that. But what I can say and or what what I would say what the Bible says when it comes to uh, the question who is supposed to be a leader? Who is supposed to be a leader in the church? It says that it's supposed to be a man, but it's supposed to be a man of a family. And I believe behind every strong man there is a strong woman. I believe exactly in that balance and not the balance in there has to be a woman and a man in leadership. I believe that there has to be a man because that's what the Bible says and a strong woman behind him. I don't believe that one man has to stand there and be like, hey, I'm the leader. Everyone follow no, me. No, no, no. It is it is the a man that knows how to balance a family, a man who knows how to lead a family. And that has a, a woman to compliment him. Exactly. Yeah, I... I agree with you on that one, 
But also, when, I don't know, from my perspective, man wrote Bible. So, <laughs> and I think we, we take away so much of the power of women. Because, I, I mean, women are, they, they are the creators. No matter who you are, whatever, whoever you are, you were born by a woman. Seven billion persons have been born by women. So, there is clearly a power that women have that men don't understand. And the question relies on whether these scriptures that have been written and whether these laws that we've made, do they come from a place that actually are meant to benefit us as a society? Or do they come from a, from a place of a broken male, male ego? Because I think the male ego is very, very, uh, what do I say? Very sensitive and is not very understood. And like I said, I think men want to dominate. They want to take that leadership. But sometimes tenderness, sometimes different views can help us actually can lead us to a better place. So it's a question of how, how do we know, like, how do we actually know that women are not as capable of being leader as a man? And in my personal belief, I don't, I don't, I don't really think that no person, no one person, should really be like like in control of everything because i mean as a president it's very difficult to take care of 300 million people and i think sadly that that there is a difference between leaders and politicians and that most of us vote for politicians and politicians they don't necessarily want the best for the people they don't want the best for the whole world they essentially just want to they want the best for themselves And whatever the people are trying to, to follow or wherever they can get votes, that's where they will go. So it's also, of okay, how do we know not know that there might be a great woman leader? Because I think a great leader is genderless. It doesn't matter what gender it is. Yeah, uh, about leadership as well. That's another interesting point that you brought up. And in a way, we have to ask the question, how do we benchmark? what a good leader is what are the metrics that we are using are we are somehow the metrics that we define a good leader with biased towards intrinsic characteristics that male exhibit or do they actually factor in some qualities that might not be associated with a specific gender but are equally important yeah i mean i think at the end of the uh, of the day the world that we live in is biased by nature that's something that we should understand or at least grasp But I, I think we're in a point where we've come so far technologically, we've, we've done everything technologically to merge together, to, to form kind of a globalization, really. Like, that's where, that's where the world is heading, towards globalization. But we still don't know how to communicate. We still don't know how to connect. And that might be something that men are just not good at. Men might not just might not be good at communicating. They might not be good at expressing their emotion, at understanding others, people's needs and wants. That's something that men might not be good at. They might be good at taking, like defending their country, being there, like being strong, strict, like putting policies into place. Yes. But connecting might be something that women might be better at. <laughs> I don't agree. Because, I mean, if, if you look at poetry, that's a lot of men who wrote poetry, and this is not bad communication. No, I but also... That, I don't think that men are bad at communicating. Um, but, I mean, when you talk about poetry, a hundred years ago, women were not as literal, as literal as men. So you're talking about a history where women were, weren't given the same priorities and the same ability to express themselves as they are given now. So I wouldn't say look at the past because the past is different because yeah. women didn't have the right to express themselves as freely as men have been given the right for the past 2,000 years. So that's where I would, in a sense, disagree mm -hmm. because we've had so much time to study. We've Men have always been, like, literal, you know? Women, not necessarily, but I still think women are very creative. And the good songs, at least nowadays, that I hear and I really connect to, a lot of them are written by women. So, written or sung by women? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we, we should look a little bit yes. deeper into that because I do agree that a lot of good songs, they're sung by women because women's voice, I mean, 
women are beautiful. We all can agree <laughs> on that. So, okay. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the way how the Bible, earlier you kind of made this, uh, hint towards the Bible being written by man and hence preferring the male gender. The way, if, if you read in the first, uh, in the second chapter of the Bible, when God creates woman for man, he says, I will create a helper. And many people see like, oh, a helper, like, you know, like a slave or something, you know, like, that's why the woman is in the kitchen and takes the stuff for it now. No, the word helper is the same that you would use, or the Hebrews would use for, you know, someone more competent than you that helps you. Someone who, you know, for, for instance, if your car breaks down, you call for a mechanic. He's your helper, not because he's your servant or whatever, but because he's more competent than you. And this is, I believe, the perspective that the Bible shows on women. It is not, God didn't create women because, you know, man, like whatever, needed a little bit more assistance, more help, whatever. No, it was to, to, to make it like, Women are more competent than men in yeah, many, it, many places. Exactly. But the point to say, like, okay, because women are more competent, we put women in all of the, or in many leading positions and everything, means that, okay, what, what is left for men? And be, I believe because it is a bigger struggle for men, I think men should be in the leading in leading positions because they need to work on themselves because that, they need to. That's where it comes down to my previous point yeah. of the male ego insecurities. It's all it's all an insecurity because uh, we are like it's like I said, men. I, I and I agree that men need responsibility, and I've said that before. We need something to thrive to actually succeed. Men need that. Women, by nature, they're able to take. They're more responsible than my by, than men. So they're able to guide themselves more easily. But I also think that women are stronger than men. Emotionally, not physically, but I, I, yeah. physical physical strength is superficial strength. It's not, I wouldn't say it's real strength. Like well, not, not anymore. It's not as relevant anymore yeah. in our society yeah. nowadays. So whereas maybe 300 years ago, a strong man that would take its men into the battle would have been more beneficial... Nowadays, it might not be that way. Just because we've been going, like, just because we have male leaders throughout all history up until now, our world is very different now than it was before. So I think we have to ask what type of leaders are better for the world that we live in now. Maybe for part of history, it was man's responsibility to, to take leadership positions, to, to fight for, for the country, to do everything. But now it might be time for women to take those those steps. There has to be a change because we, we I don't I don't believe we can still keep going the way we're going with leaders and politicians and have a sustainable world in the day and age that we're living right now. I really I really don't believe it. And you know, I would I would say Donald Trump as the biggest example of male ego insecurity. He's a narcissistic person that just wants love. And unfortunately, he's doing a lot of harm to the world. Because when you have problems in the real life, like climate change and all these problems that are affecting us right now, and you have one male leader that is clearly insecure, that is not capable of leading, but he forced his way into leadership by feeding up on the fears of others, and you have that person discrediting a very, a, a very big problem that we're going through, it may, and especially being the, one of the biggest countries in the world, it kind of makes climate change lose its credibility. And that is something that we cannot afford nowadays. It's something that we simply can't. So I, I, I believe that we have to be more wise. And I don't think it's about throwing men aside or anything like that, but also to be able to help men understand themselves more. Like Where do these insecurities come from? How can I work with a woman? How can I work with myself? It's, it's about embracing the female side of men as well, not just the male side, I think. Hmm. So when you talk about today's society, I assume you mean that in today's society, we need more diplomacy or we favor more diplomacy and diplomatic approaches yes. compared to war and just exactly. going out there, killing and occupying. We can't afford war nowadays. That's yeah. why. Yeah. If there was to break a, a durable war, we wouldn't make it. 
So we really can't afford these things anymore. We have to come to, to an agreement and we have the technologies. We have machinery for abundance. So I think it's just a realization, a shift of focus of, hey, we're good. Because normally the way your, our brain is really like, wired to is to survive. It's the negativity bias. All our whole life, we always wanted to survive. That's all. But now we're in a point where we have everything. But our brain is still fighting, it's still attaching to the, to the negative things and it's still trying to survive because it believes that the world is unsafe. But now that we live in a world that is safe, that we can come up with new solutions, then we need people that are able to communicate and actually understand the solutions that work better for all of us. And I think that's where a mother would work better, for example. If, I don't know, for, for my experience, when I was feeling emotional, I didn't understand something or I didn't want to communicate with someone. My mom would come in and she would help me guide me through those emotions, communicate what I what I actually wanted to say in a in a mature way. A mature way that I was able to respect the other people's opinions. Because in this diplomatic world, you you shouldn't step on others. You shouldn't like kick them out or, or make them feel less because that's not how you form a communication. You form a channel of communication by openness but also respect. And sometimes the the way that we as men approach others it's in a very defensive way. We want to defend our own point of views and we're not, we don't necessarily form an open channel of communication. And I think women are more, they're more capable of opening the channel, in my opinion, at least. Mm, so you think we should open the doors for women to come and teach men that other aspect uh, about how to communicate and how to reach out to people and be thoughtful about other people's feelings and emotions. Yeah, and I also think that that's kind of an eye-opener because you really touched upon this idea of globalization as well. The fact that nowadays more than ever, we're trying to connect not just to our own countries. We're not no longer uh, behind our own borders or locked behind our own borders. We're communicating with people from different communities, different cultures, and that's like a more daunting task than it might seem at first, really. It, it, it's, a, it's a super daunting task, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree that women are more empathetic. They're more worried about emotions, about feelings and everything. But the point with respect, I believe that's more a male concept. I mean, women, they're very accepting. They're very, you know, like everything is fine. Everything is good. Oh, you're not feeling well. It's okay. I don't think that's the same as respect. I think respect is more to, you know accept the person for being more being more competent than you accepting a person for um being stronger than you in a way and i mean this is not a way an approach that women have i think respect is something you know respect is more a male way of approaching things i believe and it, well i i i wouldn't agree with you on that one to be honest with you because when you see men, for example, fighting, I don't know, UFC or any sports, for example, when a man loses, he's very butthurt. He doesn't want to respect. When a woman loses, you see in their face that they show their respect. They're, they they accept it. It's very, I, I think there's a, there's a Have very... Have you ever different. seen like the, 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 like, whatever, the voice or the, like, you know, where, where it's women that are in a big competition with each other and... How bitchy they get and everything. I mean, they get bitchy, but once they lose, they lose. Like they cry, they, they they accept it, and they're like, okay. But I don't. I mean, it's also what type of woman. Like it's it's like like for example, yeah. Like in in the voice and things like that. It's reality show, man. Like that's reality TV. Look at sports. Look at look look at things that are actually like I don't know. Like UFC, for example, when they're fighting against each other, once they lose, it's like they lose and there's i th i think it it's really genderless respect is genderless i think it it's all about character really at the end of the day no matter whether you're a man or a woman if you don't have a a strong character and integrity you will not able to take a loss very respectfully so i don't think it really matters what gender you are in in that respect at least yeah it's also kind of important to realize that <laughs> we're sitting here three guys yeah. talking about like ma man and woman and like our own perspective on things uh, and in reality of course you see like some vicious attributes sometimes present even in, in women of course like uh, the idea of stomping on others and doing whatever you want to achieve your goals 
it's kind of uh, a bit of a mix uh, here and there, really. Yeah. And I mean, one of the big influences for me is Jordan Peterson. And what he also strongly points out in psychology, the similarity, like men and women are way more similar than we ever imagined. But the differences are significant in the extremes. So if you take, like, and I, that's an article that I just read today by Jordan Peterson. If you take a uh, hundred, like the hundred most criminal people, most of them will be men. Not all of them. Most of them will be men. If you just take, you know, two random people you meet on the street, a woman and a man, you have a 40% chance that the woman is more, is less agreeable than the man, even though agreeableness is a general, more female trait. What do you mean by agreeable? Agreeable is someone who just, you know, accepts, like, who would not be as competitive, who would not be as... I mean, like a um, yes man. Like a pushover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a pushover, exactly. a yes man, just yeah. always saying so yes. In, in 40% of the cases, a woman would be more agreeable than a man. And I, I can actually relate to that in my own life, for example. For the majority of life, I've been a pushover, and I have to accept that. And that's something that for me, growing up only with my mom... I've realized that since I never really had a male figure, for me to try to understand what it meant to be a man has been something that I have to slowly develop throughout my experiences, but also through books. So that's that I think where we have to come down to is that there are traits that are necessary for our society that men possess, but there are also traits that are necessary that female possess for us to move forward. So I think it's finding that balance between both of them working. And it's like I said, working with both your female energy and your male energy, not allowing people to, for example, step over you. And it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. If you see someone doing something wrong, you should stand up. You should actually do something. And I think in our society, we don't do that at all. And at least when I was little, when you were in high school, for example, you, you would see kids getting, getting bullied. No one would do anything. Only the ones that had character and that felt strong within themselves, they would stand up. Maybe they would get bullied too. So <laughs> it's very difficult to to come into your, into your sense and actually have that character. And I think that's something that a lot of us lack, but we need to all work upon. Yeah, yeah I think the this idea of standing your ground as well is interesting because personally, I've been in situations where it's not really rational but like I, I stand my ground and I stand by what I what I believe to be right, despite the fact that like in my head, I can see that I have logical inconsistencies. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, man, that sounded so stupid. But for some reason, I'm like compelled to like push back and be like, no, I'm not changing my stance on on whatever it is. <laughs> so I wonder what those impulses could mean. Like, is that also something that's, I don't know part of being a man or or is it just a maybe it's just a human stubbornness trait. or something i don't know defense mechanism like yeah. i mean at the end of the day we don't want to be hurt you know whenever we speak up whenever we have conversations we we, we don't want to be left misunderstood or things like that so we try to shift our ways always because we always try to to make people agree with us or in a sense complace into them we always try to fit in that's what humans do because we are we are communal people. We want to we want to fit in. We want to feel appreciated. But there are moments where something is wrong and you know that you have to stand up right. That's where the character comes from. And I think it's in those moments where you see something wrong that you have to take that male energy of anger or frustration or whatever and say, no, this is not right. I'm going to stand up for this because this is not okay. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I, I like earlier you said that you know and then they the ones with character they stand up and get bullied as well I actually think that's not right because usually when you show character that's when the bullies get afraid and when they start running and so I think for everyone who is listening do not be afraid of the bullies because as soon as you show you have character you have a standpoint and you basically confront them in front of everyone they will back off because they know exactly when someone else with character comes and like goes against it. Because usually they are hurt themselves. Yes. They are not someone who they they pick on the weak ones. They pick on those who will not resist. 
And I know that because I myself am someone who is not, or for a long time was not resisting, resistant at all. And I was bullied as well in school and picked on a lot. But, you know, as soon as you have, like, as soon as you straighten your back, as soon as you show I have character, I have, you know, I stand my ground, I will not give in to you, I, I will not play in your game, they will back off and they will see, okay, then then it's no fun for them either because they, you know, they just want to, you know... They just want a reaction. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you on, on, on that, actually. But it's, I, I also think that uh, once you develop uh, a strong character in yourself, whether you're being bullied, whether you're being misunderstood, it won't matter. As long as, 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 as you, in your core, in, in your heart, you believe something to be, tr to, to be right and that you did it out of, out of a place of love and understanding, whatever might happen, whatever reaction people have, you have to let it go. You have to be able to, to say, this is what I believe in. And I think, for example, when you look at any inventor like Einstein or Tesla, there are people that were highly misunderstood, highly misunderstood by their society. But they, they, they said, no, this is right. I believe this to be true. And they worked upon it. And it was very difficult. And it, it's, it's where it comes down to of, and I think anything revolutionary or any type of new views or new ways of navigating through life It's going to be challenging because you're going to go through again through through the grain of commonality of everything that we that has been done before because we form patterns we want to be safe this is a system that we created it's worked it's worked it's worked so i think it's important to also if you think something to be right to pursue it a hundred percent no matter how difficult it is pursue it that's where the male energy comes from but also have the female energy to understand the emotions that go through your mind while you're going through those things. Hmm. And this idea as well, the, the idea of success, I kind of want to talk about what it means to be successful. Hmm? I, I just want to ask, like, just open question. Hmm. What do you guys feel it means to be successful in your life? Hmm. For, for me, it's to be able to be happy with what I'm doing, regardless of what the world thinks. I think that's what true success is, is to be able to say, this is the person that I am. This is what I love doing. This is who I am. This I'm going to express myself. If you don't like me, that's okay. I still respect you, but I'm still happy because I'm, I have the integrity and the character to show, to, to speak my voice and to show what I want to, to be. Yeah. And I'm, I would also agree with that. Like success is not about what you do. It's more about what you are. So when you have a certain character if you have formed if you have a certain security in yourself if you have formed a certain character it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter if you lose it doesn't matter if you win and actually if you have a certain character you will win more than you lose but if you have a certain security but yeah and this is what i believe real success is is when you have this security this basis on which you can build a, a, a firm basis on which you can move on and for me personally this basis is god is because god is something that will not move god doesn't change your faith yeah faith your, your whatever whatever you believe in whatever you believe to be true whatever you believe to to be truthful to you that's your faith so i think to be successful is to navigate through your faith in an open and loving way Yeah, so so you mean like to be successful, you develop kind of your identity, who you are, your symbol, like you can walk down an aisle and say, this is who I am, this is how I distinguish myself as a person as opposed to everyone else. And yeah, to be comfortable in I your like shoes. I like that idea, yeah. Like Because, idea. you know, many people try to achieve success through material, material wealth of things like that. And there's many millionaires that kill themselves because that's not what makes them happy. So figure out what it is that makes you happy. That might be reciting poetry or living in a beach or even just being a servant. Like, it doesn't matter. Whatever makes you happy, and this is like, I'm happy with this, and be able to do it every day and make a living out of it, that's, that's success. Mm. Feeling like you don't have to work a day in your life. Yeah. Like, you're enjoying life. You're creating. You appreciate yourself. You love yourself. Your psyche is good. 
success. <laughs> now you, you talked about death as well, and so I kind of got this idea to talk about something that is kind of in the statistics, which is that more men commit suicide than women, which is something that people are trying to understand. And I also wonder what what could be the reason behind that. I think uh, I think for us to navigate through life and to in a sense be successful. You need to have something to be responsible of, some some past, some purpose that you need to that you need to live in, like whether that's your faith or whatever it is, something that you're working upon every single day that makes you happy. Because I think when it comes down to to uh, suicide, for example, when a person commits suicide, they have to come to a point in their life where they're not living who they want to be. They they might be living by just whatever people told them they don't they don't accept themselves there's a lack of, of acceptance and they don't see where they can go from here it's kind of like well i'm not I'm not happy this is not the life i want to live but i'm too too afraid to step out of my bubble and actually encompass all of that which i'm meant to be take that that courageous it's like i feel like people that commit to success are almost in a in a point of breakthrough to actually idolizing and becoming who they're, they're meant to be but they're too afraid to take that step they're too afraid because of what whatever might happen. Because I think standing your ground and actually pushing for who you want to be requires great courage and is very difficult. And not everyone has that drive to do it, I think. Yeah. I do find this an interesting idea, although I I also think that the reason why man why why it's more men that commit suicide, and by the way, I didn't know that statistic that sounds very interesting very, a little bit surprising to me as well but now that i thought a little bit about it i mean i don't i don't just think it's something that comes from the outside i think it does have a big part of you know just society expecting something from you that you actually aren't or that goes beyond your capabilities and so man might be in some way expected from like a lot is expected from men in our society that they actually aren't but then at the same time i also think because men are just in general more competitive more fighters and less social in general men are more interested in things than women are and and women are more interested in people generally and because of that i believe that men when they have a goal and they don't reach it okay fine okay they search for another goal don't reach it they search for another goal don't reach it and they keep like because man they they work for a certain project and then they and and i mean i i can't speak for women i can't say what how, how it is for women in that sense but for me it makes sense in that way to say that you know when when a man keeps working for something rather than someone or to have friends around that support him um it is easier to you know just get stuck in a loop of uh i mean negativity uh, or self-defeat self-defeat yes yes that's a that's a good point of self-defeat because you are constant yeah just constantly yeah getting the 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 society basically showing you you're not good enough because you're not reaching your goals. But it's also, I think, where it comes down to is, am I? Is this goal that I'm working for towards something that I really want to work towards? Because yeah. I, I believe if you find something you really want to work for, and this is like I, I found this, this and it motivates you, and you have a drive to wake up every single day. Sooner or later, you you have to understand that failure is bound to happen. That's a guarantee of life. Ups and downs are guarantees of life. But I, I believe at least that if, if you're like, I'm passionate about this, whatever failure may be, you're going to take it easier than something that you were not as motivated to do as, as you would like, I think. Yeah, and I think exactly this is how you could get out of this loop. Because what I meant is men are more, it's easier for men to get stuck in this loop of, you know, I'm working for that. Oh, it's not working. Okay, uh, maybe even a certain type of identity crisis when they work for something, it doesn't work work for something else doesn't work or maybe they work for one thing and they just get stuck in that one thing but they're not passionate about or like things like that where you know you get stuck and it is not really you 
yeah. working on it. But then that's that's where I go back to my point yeah. of that's when you're about you're you're in a sense when you're committing suicide. I think that's when you're in a breakthrough. Somehow along those ways, if you entrance that thought, if you actually go deep within yourself and ask yourself, what is it that I want? Why is it that I'm not happy? Why is it that I keep failing? I think in that point, you might come to a conclusion to to realize that maybe because what I've been doing is not something that I want to do. This is not who I want to be. And that's where you have to step out of your bubble. That's where you have to say, leave that part of you that you thought to be true to yourself, but wasn't. And say, I lied to myself this whole time. Breakthrough and embrace your true self. Work for the things that are true to yourself and build your character from that. Yeah. You reminded me also of this idea of a social sphere that acts as a protection for you. If you fall into like deep depression or something that might cause you to commit suicide. And that's one of the things we talked about in psychology class back in high school. Uh, it's the idea that women kind of do have like a more diverse or more expanse social network that they can fall back on and let all these emotions out instead of bottling them up and letting them burst into this um, tragic end or tragic uh, catharsis. So the idea that maybe it's just simply the fact that in life we have a lot of pressures on us, you know, expectations, you know, society places uh, pressures on you to like get a job and be a productive member of society, all those kind of things. And I feel if you don't have that leeway, you don't have that room to really de-stress yourself or depressurize yourself with the help of friends or people that you can talk to, then it seems like naturally you would get to this point or get to the state where you're like, really don't know what to do. Boil up. Yeah. And that's what it's called. I read in a book. I don't know what book it was called, but it's called Psychological Air. So it's, it's about, uh, for example, when you go to a psychologist or something like that, when you talk about your emotions, that's when you let it out. Because once you hear yourself saying something, you might realize. And once you like actually have get feedback from people, it might allow you to see it in a different perspective. But that's where it comes down to of women, and in in, uh, this is just my opinion, they, they feel more secure expressing their emotions than men do. So that's where men bottle them up. So it's important to understand that as men... It is fundamental, as humans really, not as men, not as women. It's fundamental to have those friendships where if you feel sad, you're able to talk about it. And there's this whole taboo then in mental mental illnesses that we have and all these things. So we have to change our perspective on what men are actually allowed to say, how, how men are actually viewed. Because, you know, men or women, whoever you are, life is tough. You're going to have challenges. Sometimes you're going to feel very lonely. But I think lon- loneliness is something that is more in your mind than anything else. Because the reality of it is that people are willing to listen to you. People do want to 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 help you out. The majority of people don't mean harm to you. So it's important to reach out if you feel sad. Yes, yes. I think it's very important for us men to learn more how to express our feelings, how to express and put it into words. At the same time, I also think that our society should be more accepting and more supporting if men want or need to express their feelings through, you know, just anger or anger rage. Or yes, I, I agree with like you on that one. Doing sports, mm-hmm. going out, like going, Screaming. go hiking. <laughs> like Sweden, it's an amazing country. Yeah. Like one of the reasons why I love Sweden is because it's so free. Yeah. There's like you go out of the town, there's no one. Yeah. It's like you can go hiking for days and you will not encounter a village. Like you can, you can go out. You can go out, and and th- this ties back to what I read into the book in the beginning. Men are born for the wild, you know. Yeah. Like go out, do something. Like I-, I believe a lot of these jobs that we have nowadays. I mean, I we're studying IT, so it's <laughs> a little bit. I completely, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to say this, but you know. Sitting in a in an office the whole day, it's it might be fun, it might be challenging, like you know, for our logic. But at the same time, it is so diminishing. It's yeah. you feel boxed, you feel trapped. Exactly, and th- that's also what he says in the beginning of the book: to have a time schedule, to to you know, be on time for things, to have handins, to sit the whole day. Like that's not what men want to no. do. No. And I think it's very important for whoever 
guy man is listening and who is feeling this pressure to you know like that that something's not right you know just you know take a tent take some boots on like some lunch maybe ask your wife to make you some <laughs> <laughs> go to the forest if you want to scream scream your fucking guts off like just let it go <laughs> i i do agree with you in that one and i think norway i don't know if it's norway or finland but they actually uh like for for people that are like depressing things they're actually prescribing nature walks so go to nature for one or two hours because at least in, in my personal experience when i feel frustrated or angry or something if i go to nature and i walk for an hour or two i've just feel so much relaxed afterwards yeah it's more productive for you to to take all that pent-up energy that's been building up inside of you and let it all go in something like physical something harmless you know you're doing something for yourself and like you're exploring nature and whatnot you're building up your your character and your appreciation for the wild you know instead of wasting your energy on something that might actually hurt people hurt others either in like pointless arguments or or physical violence or even worse just sit in sit in your room feeling sorry about yourself because you don't know what the fuck to do with this energy i mean in in the end if you just you know for if you for too long time just sit there and just ignore this voice in you that is calling you out the voice will get silent and it will like but this energy will still be there and Mm -hmm. it will still boil and either it will rot and this is what a lot of men really i mean in one way are inside they are just so tired they're so um you know just yeah empty in one way because they don't go and i mean the the important thing is to channel the energy it is not necessarily to um transform it yeah well not necessarily to transform it i think i think it or uh, i don't know what you mean with transforming essentially channeling yes yeah yeah it's it's essentially what it is it is to let it out and to let it out through the right means because i mean what a lot of people are trying nowadays is to you know let it out by you know um you know draw something paint something like but that's if that's not the right way for you like yeah you find find a way actually find a way because yeah. I, I i was listening to jordan peterson talk with joe, joe rogan and the, the question was when did you become a serious man it was it was i it was like i remember a day in college i was out drinking and i wasn't happy about myself i i just there was something that in me that i wasn't happy so I, I got out a, a piece of paper and I just wrote or I just drew this picture and it was like Christ being like, what's it called, crucified with like a serpent around him or something. And I didn't understand the picture. It was it was dark and he, that's how he described it. It was dark. It was nah. And I put it away. But that moment I knew I had to do something. I had to figure it out what this anger is, whatever it is. And then he, he whatever whatever he did, like maybe that drawing made him realize something he channeled that energy to realize that he had to work upon something and then he went with it. Yeah. Mm, I can tell you a personal anecdote at home, actually. Um, basically, my dad, he underwent surgery at one point, so he couldn't really go to work. Mm. So he was basically at home uh, for most of the day. And uh, <laughs> we have a saying basically in, in uh, our culture, which means it's as if someone has a, like a, a pin in your ass. You know, you 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 want to constantly go around and like you you don't sit down. You you're always doing something. So that's basically was the description for my dad. He he would basically go out there. He'd be like, hmm, maybe the porch needs like to be repainted. Ah, the grass needs trimming. Ah, I'm gonna go and fix up some shelves or whatever. So he couldn't just sit down and do nothing. Otherwise, he would get irritable. He always needed to move. And I think it's kind of also like part of a huge part of his life was basically always doing something, always being busy. So when you take that away, then it really shines this idea of having some kind of energy that you need to put out there mm-hmm. and get rid of. Yeah, and you only actually say that you have ants in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, it's been a good conversation we had. Yeah, thank, you, thank you for having me as well. Yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah, and for next week, maybe we continue this topic with another friend or if you guys have any other topics you would like to discuss or would like to join the podcast, you're more than welcome. I, I do believe this is a topic that is very interesting to talk at least. So maybe we'll have some further episodes. Maybe not next week, but something like that. But yeah, if you want to come talk to us and you have any topic that you're interested in talking, 
you're more than welcome to join. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you know, um, exactly. Like, give us some feedback, give us some comments, um, what you think, what you think we might have misrepresented or, you know, maybe some women out there want to give their perspective as well. <clears throat> more than welcome. We are open for everything, for everyone. And thank you so much for listening. Oh, you you forgot the most important thing as well. So. The like and subscribe. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Like and subscribe yeah. if you wish. <laughs> and see you next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah.